You are listening to Alagana Travel Boutique, Trips and Stories Podcast, where we share custom-made itineraries we have curated for our clients, stories from our own often crazy adventures around the world, interviews with the most fascinating people we met on the road, plus tips and hacks that will help you plan your next adventure to Europe and beyond. Coming up in this episode where to stay, sleep, eat, and play in Lisbon, best day trips from Lisbon, how to avoid crowds in Sintram, where to shop for the best souvenirs in Portugal, all the beaten path places in Portugal to enjoy without crowds, and tips for exploring Porto and Douro Valley. I'm your host, Anna Fishman. Let's get started. Hey there. I'm recording this episode as the week three of quarantine is coming to an end. I kind of got used to the new routine, which I really hate to call the new normal because there's nothing normal about it. But the more we stay home, the more I want to travel, to explore, to live the life and experience the world around us. We are super lucky to live in the suburbs so we can actually step outside and run around the house, the luxury that many of our friends and family in New York can't do. Honestly, otherwise, I don't know how my five-year-old son would have been able to survive this quarantine. The energy he has can literally power a small power plant. I know we will travel again, but I can't wait till that day when we land in a new country full of exciting new experiences to be had. Meanwhile, if you're itching to travel again, just like I do, I hope you enjoy this episode about traveling to Portugal with and without kids. I hope it gives you an inspiration to check out this beautiful and delicious country. And if you want to start planning a trip there, because honestly, we all need something exciting to have on our calendar and to look forward to, reach out to me. I'll be happy to help you and get the trip planning ball rolling. In the meantime, if you want to support the podcast, the number one thing you can do for me is share it on your social media. Tag me or Ligana Trail Boutique in the post. That will help me get the word out, and I would really, really appreciate it. When visiting Portugal, I knew I wanted to approach the trip with my future clients in mind. After all, Avagana Travel Boutique is my second baby, and it offers custom trip planning based on a lot of my own first-hand experiences. I wanted to share our family adventure with all of you so that you can walk away with all the tips and tricks to make your vacation to Portugal an experience of a lifetime. So I gathered hotel and restaurant suggestions and a list of day trip ideas, and I'm ready to spill the tea. So we went to Portugal a little over two years ago. Ruben was just over three years old. This was our first trip to Europe with him, so it was a big milestone for all of us, and we definitely learned a lot. So let's start with Lisbon. This was our base for the first three days, and this is where we flew in and out from. Lisbon has daily non-stop flights from JFK and Newark. One great tip to know if you're traveling with kids is that the Lisbon airport, you can go through the VIP express lane. Seriously, don't forget this. Otherwise, it will be a very long wait in line and not the best way to start your trip. It's nice for a change to have something that makes traveling with kids easier than traveling without them. Once you arrive, throw on those comfortable shoes and enjoy walking the hilly and even cobblestone streets that spread throughout Lisbon. Yes, it will be a challenge if you have a stroller, 
or it will be a very good workout, you name it. As far as accommodation recommendations, you would need to decide first if you want to be in the new modern part of the city, the downtown part of Lisbon located in the upper part of the city, or in the old part of the city, in the historic part closer to the water and to all of the tourist attractions. We stayed in the old town for the first few days in Lisbon, and the last night before flying home, we stayed in the modern part of the city. I personally prefer the old town and its charm, um, but keep in mind that's where the hills and the cobblestone streets live, so think San Francisco Hills. One attraction you won't want to miss in Lisbon is the Avenida da Libertad that connects the old and the new parts of the city. Take a walk down its very large and broad avenue and visit five popular kiosks, similar to the food trucks that we have here in the U.S., each one dedicated to a different theme, such as chocolate, pizza, or hot dogs. You'll find great snacks there and drinks along this avenue, and it will be a welcome respite to your long walk. For the best restaurants, I would suggest that you check out the Time Out Market. It has 24 restaurants and 8 bars, a dozen shops, and a high-end music venue, all within the very best in Lisbon. So it's a great choice with kids because it's a lively place and it has lots of options, something suitable for everyone. Sardines, a Portuguese traditional dish, and Time Out Market is a great place for different kinds of them, so definitely give them a try, even if it's something that you wouldn't try at home. If you're looking for a sit-down romantic experience, I would suggest Rooftop at a restaurant Sacramento. Yes, it is kid-friendly. Yes, they do have the best mojitos, and I've had a lot of them in different parts of the world, and this was my favorite place for mojitos. Who would have thought that I would find the best mojito in Portugal? Like, never, never would have thought about that. Also, this rooftop has a gorgeous view of an old church, so you get the dinner with the best mojitos and the view. All right, now let's talk day trips. From Lisbon, day trip to Sintra is a must. When you get into Sintra, you won't want to miss visiting Peña Palace, one of the finest tourist attractions in Portugal. You will view the stunning 19th century architecture and beautiful outdoor space surrounding the palace. The number one tip I have at this place is to order tickets online and arrive around 9 a.m., so you can avoid the long wait time. Peña Palace is one of the most popular attractions in Portugal, so be prepared for crowds no matter how early you arrive, but the earlier you can get there, the less people will be waiting in line. And don't be cheap. Spend a few euros to go to the top of the hill where the palace actually is, buy a shuttle, or it will be a long hike up there. On your way back from Sintra, be sure to check out Cabo da Roca, continental Europe's most western point. It's a quick stop with the spectacular cliff views you don't want to miss. It's a very, very short drive from Sintra, and it's probably not going to take you more than 10 minutes there, so definitely make a stop. I also highly recommend stopping at Palace of Calouse to view its French-inspired architecture. You love exploring the rich history found in its many rooms, and it's 
kind of like a small Portuguese Versailles. So if you like that type of attraction, it's definitely must-see. Now, just as I want to give you tips for must-see sites, I also want to save you some time and trouble exploring places that I found to be a bit of a letdown. For example, in Sintra, you'll see a castle at the very top of the hill. When going to Sipania Palace, it will look like something you might want to explore, but take it from someone who visited, it's just castle ruins and not worth spending your time there. Stick to the recommendations that I made earlier and make the most of your time in Sintra. Another easy day trip from Lisbon is to a town called Evora. It's an old medieval town with beautiful plazas, several churches, and the Cathedral of Evora dating back to the 13th century. One important tip when you visit Evora is to park outside the town walls and walk. Streets are very narrow in the town, and at one point, the local roads will take you to an unpaved road that literally scratched our rental car pretty badly. Thank goodness for insurance, but what a not-so-fun lesson to learn. At one point, I thought we will get stuck in the bushes in the middle of that field, and literally all we did was follow the GPS. So that was a pretty scary experience. But Ever is definitely worth the trip. It has great prices on souvenirs, by the way, and really fun cork products. I got a pair of cork slippers that I love. Imagine Uggs, but covered with thin layer of cork instead of suede. I wear them around the house all the time, and they're super comfy, and they remind me of my trip, so I love them. After a few days in Lisbon, we traveled north to Porto, But on the way there, we made a few stops, and one of the places where we stopped for a few nights was the village of Nazare. It was a great base to break up the trip between north and south, but don't expect five-star hotels and amenities here. It's pretty basic, but it's very authentic. Nazare is a lovely fishing village of the beaten path. It was an unexpected find for us, especially during the planning process but we loved it. Um, In the summer, you can spend time on the beach. Also, during any time of the year, you can explore Fort de São Miguel Arcanjo. I hope I'm pronouncing it properly. The fort was first constructed in 1577, but has undergone remodeling and expansion on several occasions since then. The fort is a popular site, particularly because of its proximity to surfing area, famous for the huge height of its waves. Think 10-story waves that you can see from that fort. It doesn't happen every day. There are special seasons for that, and you can do a little bit of research to know when to visit, and of course, it's going to be lots of people visiting there at the same time. But it's, you know, if you're a surfer, it's a definite place to visit. But now uh, the fort just functions as a lighthouse and a museum, and part of the museum is devoted to surfing. To get to the fort, you need to take Nazare Funicular from the center of the village. It's a pretty steep climb, but it offers gorgeous views of the town and the beach, so it was a fun little activity that we got to do. When we got off the funicular, we got on the rickshaw, or something that looked like a rickshaw. It was a little car wagon thing 
imagine the rickshaw. That's kind of like what it reminded me of. And it was a fun little drive from the funicular stop to the fort. Otherwise, it's a long walk. During the off-season, the rates are really inexpensive in Nazare, and they can definitely keep you away from crowds. So if you don't want to stay in the touristy area, Nazare is a great place. One of the other days, we took a day trip to Obidos. Obidos, it's a beautiful village. It kind of reminded me of the Greek islands. It's one of the most touristy places in Portugal. Of course, all the beautiful places are, and... Keep in mind that the souvenirs there are pretty expensive, so I would say skip them. Note that Obidos is for pedestrians only, so be sure also to park outside of the village gates. I would say the main tip for Obidos, do not leave there without trying the local ginha. It's a Morello cherry liquor that you can order con alas, which means with marinated cherries, or sem alice, which means without the cherries. Ginghao can also be served in a chocolate cup, and you'll see it in every gift shop, pretty much. So I would say order it in a chocolate cup, and you can eat that cup after drinking the liquor. It really was pretty delicious. One of my friends brought me a souvenir bottle of Ginghao that I popped open on the day when the very first podcast episode went live. And now I kind of think that I didn't finish the bottle, so I know what I'll be doing after I finish recording this episode. Hey, by the way, for the record, Ruben's already asleep, and it's almost 11 p.m. on a Saturday night, so come on, this is a no-judgment zone here. All right, now let's talk about the north of Portugal. We made Porto be our base for a few days after Nazaré. To be quite honest, I have mixed feelings about Porto. It's definitely going through some renaissance, and there are some very nice parts of the city, especially in the center, but be prepared to see some abandoned buildings right next to four- and five-star hotels, like literally connected. Great hotel to an abandoned building. And it kind of is the story for the whole country, so I wasn't surprised to see that in Porto, but I guess in Porto the, the contrast was just more evident. The economy of Portugal in general is still struggling and the laws are making it very difficult for property owners to keep up with the maintenance of the buildings. So I was a little bit shocked to see that disparity between very nice parts of the city and rundown parts of the city, like literally right next to each other. In terms of Porto, I would definitely recommend staying in the center of the city a walkable distance to the train station and the main attractions. The Intercontinental Hotel in Porto has one of the best locations in the city and it's definitely worth a splurge. In comparison, it is pennies on the dollar. If we're looking at Intercontinental and any other European city, you'll be very pleasantly surprised that the rates in Porto are much lower than anywhere else. In terms of souvenirs, the best thing you can bring from Porto, except for the port wine, of course, their amazing smelling Castabel soap, or you can grab two or three or five like I did. It's, of course, carrying bar soap is heavy in your suitcase, so don't go crazy because once you go into the Castabel store, everything looks amazing and smells amazing, and they're like four or five euro a piece. So it's a great souvenir, but keep in mind, it's going to add a lot of pounds to your suitcase. The most incredible day trip that you can take from Porto is to visit Douro Valley. 
Enduro Valley picture magical landscapes and breathtaking scenery with a wine glass in hand. Douro Valley is essentially the Napa Valley of Portugal and it's absolutely gorgeous. There are many ways you can explore the wine valley. We splurged on a private driver with a car who took us to all the picturesque places to take photos and take in the scenery and also to taste some wine of course. You can also do a week-long river cruise there if you're traveling without kids. I think the kids will be absolutely bored out of their minds on the river cruise. But if you're traveling with kids like we were, you can just take a quick one to two hour river cruise sailing on Dura River. And that's what we did. And it was a lot of fun and Ruben loved it. However, I honestly think that no matter how you choose to explore the valley, you will literally fall in love and you will want to extend your trip and spend more time there. On the way back from Porto to Lisbon, you can make a few different stops to explore more of what Portugal has to offer. If you have kids and you're visiting or passing by Coimbra, which we unfortunately didn't get to explore in depth, but we did stop by to check out Portugal dos Pequenitos. It's a small theme park that features miniature Portugal. The place is designed to give kids an experience of kind of what it's like to be a Portuguese. Expect a great learning experience paired with lots of fun for the whole family. Ruben loved it. He was able to run around and go into all of the miniature palaces and castles and churches and touch everything and climb everywhere so it was definitely a nice break for him from being in the car for a couple of hours on our way from Porto to Lisbon. And we left visiting another city called Aveiro. Aveiro is I would say like Portuguese Venice. They offer gondola rides on the canal in the city. They have beautiful painted townhouses or homes right by the water they're gorgeous we didn't take the boat ride but we did have the best seafood lunch in one of the cafes facing the water honestly i think no matter what restaurant we went to in portugal if we did a ton of research and found something special or if we walked into the first restaurant that we saw on the street and because we were super hungry and we just like sat down there every meal that we had was fantastic so i I can't say enough good things about food in Portugal and how affordable it is and how delicious it was. So I wouldn't be too concerned about doing a whole ton of research about restaurants and where to eat. Make reservations in advance because that's not really necessary. Aveiro is great for shopping. It's a modern city with many clothing stores and I've seen so many shoe stores. Oh my god. I wish I had more time to explore them all. Unfortunately, I didn't. But if you have time for shopping, Aveiro is where you can do that. So I think that sums it up, guys. Now that you have a rundown of the best places to visit in Portugal, let me help you start planning the trip. You can head to aleganatravelboutique.com, click on plan your trip, and that's going to give you an opportunity to schedule a free consultation with me. I will be happy to help you determine if Portugal is the right destination for your trip based on who's traveling, when you're traveling, what you're looking to get out of the trip. And if you don't feel comfortable right now putting anything on the calendar because we know what's going on in the world, but hopefully by the time you listen to this episode, 
you know, maybe we'll have more certainty, maybe we'll be so tired of sitting in quarantine that we really would want to put something on the calendar, something exciting to look forward to. I'm absolutely happy to help you start planning the trip, regardless if you're ready to pull the trigger and book something or not, because we can always plan a trip, do the research, get excited, see what Portugal has to offer, and we can do it without having the specific dates of the trip. We can have just a draft itinerary, design the experiences around everyone's interest, and when the time is right, we'll bring it to life. I'm here to help you no matter what you have in mind. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss the next episode. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a minute and leave your review. It will absolutely mean the world to me, and I can use some love and support these days. Thanks so much, guys. You have been listening to Aligana Travel Boutique Trips and Stories podcast. Aligana Travel Boutique is a luxury travel agency. We specialize in completely custom-made trips and experiences for couples and families. I'm your host, Anna Fishman, owner and founder of Aligana Travel Boutique. Having traveled extensively through 27 countries, I have built incredible relationships with the most fascinating people in the travel space and have curated a personal world of practical travel information that I'm so eager to share with you. From the best hotels and resorts around the world to agriturismo mom and pop farms, from castle hotels to century-old wineries owned by the several generations of the same family, to the most unique and authentic, historic, cultural, and epicurean experiences. Oligana Travel Boutique is your one-stop shop for jaw-dropping European itineraries. Want me to create one-of-a-kind custom trip for you? Let's chat. Grab a time on my calendar for a free consultation through a link in show notes. Thanks for listening. Ciao till next time.